millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name's Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... Haitian zombies. It is. Yes. Do you know anything about zombies in Haiti? No, I know a lot about zombies in that though, innit? I kind of first heard of the zombies um, when I watched The Rainbow and the Serpent, I think it's called, a really old horror film. Mm. And it's spooky as. Spooky as... Right, first of all, we've got a couple of shout-outs to give to some very special young ladies who listen with their mother. Melanie and Kyra. Yes. Hello, Melanie and Kyra. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Your mum told us that you all get together and listen, so we wanted to give you a very special (sighs) shout-out. Right, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash thewhisperingwoods. I've got to say, I've got my arm in a makeshift sling. Yeah. At the moment, which is, just happens to be like a shawl that I found in my bedroom. Because I've pulled, I've done something to my shoulder. Last, yeah. last night I was in the kitchen messing about and I was dancing with a chair. And and I've like, I've done something. I think, I think I've torn a li- ligament. Yeah. But I keep forgetting that I'm going to be 50 soon. I still think I'm at, like in my 20s, and um, as soon as I did it, I was like, ah, oh, that hurt. And then I hardly slept last night because it kept waking me up. Torn a ligament. Yes. Yeah. It's not good. So I have to dose myself up on ibuprofen and paracetamol. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun having Willow tonight as well. Yeah. Because she's like, Nanny, pick me up. And I'm like, oh, can't do it. You're going to have to walk. <laughs> So on today's episode, I've got a really long introduction piece about zombies. 
um, about the culture um, and about the process of turning somebody into a zombie. And then I've got two true stories about people seeing zombies. So are you ready for the introduction? Yes, I am. Zombies are not just fiction. They are reality in Haiti, where voodoo sorcerers, known as Bacaws, male or Caplata, female, can create and control the living dead. A Bacaw or Caplata is a voodoo priest or priestess who practices both good and evil magic. The zombification process is dark and twisted, involving a complex mixture of poisons, rituals and soul-snatching. The Boker begins by choosing a victim, usually someone who somehow offended him or her. They then administer a powder called Coupe de Poudre to the victim, either by ingestion, injection or inhalation. The powder contains various ingredients, such as human bones, animal parts, and mystical herbs. Still, the most potent component is the toxin of the pufferfish, which can induce a state of paralysis and apparent death. The victim is then taken to hospital, where he or she is pronounced dead by a doctor and buried in a grave. The boker waits until nightfall, then digs up the body and performs a voodoo rite to capture the victim's t-bonage, or the part of the soul that gives personality and will. The boker can imprison the t-bonage in a bottle or jar called Zombie Astral and use it for his or her own purposes, such as casting spells or making potions. The body of the victim, now devoid of its T-Bonange, becomes a zombie cadaver, or a zombie of the flesh. The Boker can revive the zombie cadaver by giving it a paste of sweet potatoes, cane syrup, and datura, a hallucinogenic plant that causes confusion and memory loss. The zombie cadaver is then enslaved by the Boker, who can make it do his or her bidding, such as working on a plantation, guarding a treasure, or carrying out revenge. The zombie has no awareness of its former life, sense of identity, or free will. It is a mindless, soulless shell, obeying only the commands of the Bokur. The only way to free a zombie is to feed it salt, restoring its consciousness and memory and making it realise its horrible fate. However, this can also be fatal, as the zombie may die of shock or grief or be killed by the Bukur or the villagers who fear and despise zombies. Zombification is a feared and taboo practice in Haiti where it's seen as a violation of the natural order and a crime against humanity. It's also a reflection of the history and culture 
where slavery, oppression and poverty have shaped the beliefs and behaviours of the people. Zombification is also a way of expressing the fear of losing one's identity, autonomy and dignity, as well as the hope of escaping the harsh realities of life. Many instances of zombification have been reported in Haiti, and we will look at some of the more infamous cases in this episode. In 1979, Francina, a young woman, was discovered in a coma-like condition by her friend. Francina had allegedly died in 1976 after being poisoned by her jealous husband. This case had two remarkable aspects. One was that Francina's mother identified her by a scar on her temple from her youth. The other was that when they opened her grave, they found only stones in the coffin. Jean-Claude Pierre, a 30-year-old from Gonaives, passed away and was buried in 1977. But on Sunday, July the 17th, 1983, his brothers saw him roaming the neighbourhood again. He had no teeth and was barely conscious. The police brought him to Dr. Duyon's hospital after his parents and five witnesses confirmed his identity. Dr. Duyon is a Haitian psychiatrist who has been studying the phenomena of zombies in Haiti since 1961. He is also the director of the Centre de Psychologie et Neurologie, Mars Klein, Haiti's first and only psychiatric facility. He is interested in finding a scientific explanation for how people can be made to look dead and then reanimated by voodoo sorcerers. He looked miserable, like he had just escaped from a concentration camp, it was reported. And Dr. Duyon guessed that the Bokur, who had turned him into a zombie, had removed all his teeth so that he couldn't tell what had happened to him. Another example was Medulla Charles, a 24-year-old from Grosmorn, who showed up in August 1983, even though she had passed away and been buried. She was also brought to Dr. Yuyon's hospital, and eventually she improved enough to give birth to a son. While she was recovering, some unknown people tried to abduct her during the daytime near the psychiatric hospital. Allegedly, they were the Bokur's helpers who wanted to make her a zombie slave again. The voodoo religion is similar to other African diaspora traditions, such as the voodoo of New Orleans, the Cuban Santeria and Herrera, and the Brazilian Candomblé and Ubanda. They worship various kinds of spirits and also have a supreme being called Bondi. A Haitian voodoo ceremony starts with setting up altars, preparing and cooking food, and performing rituals for a day or two. Then they sing and pray, followed by a creole litany and verses for the main spirits of the house. After more songs, they salute Huntu, 
the spirit of the drums, and then sing for each soul, beginning with the Legba family, the guardians of the crossroads, and continuing with the Rada spirits, the cool or calm ones. Then they take a break and start the Petwo part of the ceremony, which concludes with the songs for the Gide family. Asians think that spirits possess and speak through people during the ceremony. They also believe that cunning Mambo or Hoongang can steal the luck of the worshippers by doing certain things. Voodoo is often linked to Satanism, but Satan is hardly involved in Voodoo beliefs. Haitians worship the spirits of their relatives or any other spirits they connect with. They talk to the souls of their ancestors, and some teachers claim they can bring back the dead, communicate with the afterlife, and do magic and sorcery with dolls. They also use curses of various kinds, from death to severe sickness, and these curses may explain our next strange case. It was widely believed that Felicia Felix Mentor, a Haitian woman, was zombified in the early 1900s. She had supposedly passed away in 1907, following a sudden sickness that Haitians associate with someone destined to be zombified. In 1936, a woman, dressed in tattered clothes, wandered the streets and arrived at a farm that she said was her father's. The owners recognised her as Felicia, who had been presumed dead for decades, and her husband also verified this. She was taken to hospital because she was in bad health, where a doctor who spoke to her observed the following behaviour. She sometimes laughed without feeling, and often referred to herself in the first or third person without consistency. She had no sense of time and didn't care about anything in the world around her. Some people think she was cursed to die, while others believe she was revived by a family member. We'll probably never find out the truth, but we do know that 29 years after her death, Felicia walked down the street with ripped clothes and white eyelashes, as if they were burnt to ashes. One of the most compelling pieces of proof for zombies emerged in 1981 when a man arrived at the rural village of La Estere in Haiti and told a woman that he was her brother, Clavius Narcisse, who had passed away in Albert Schweitzer Hospital. Clavius was a zombie. He died in 1962 after suffering from a mysterious illness that made him cough up blood feverish and a general malaise. He eventually flatlined. Two American trained doctors had declared him dead. The next day, he was laid to rest. His eldest sister, Marie Claire, confirmed his identity by putting her thumbprint on the official document of his death, and his family had buried him in a graveyard near his hometown. But he was not really dead. He was trapped in a state of paralysis, unable to speak or move a muscle, but fully conscious and aware of everything that happened to him. He felt the dirt covering his coffin 
the worms crawling on his skin. The Bakur then dug him out and enslaved him with a powerful voodoo spell. For two years, he worked as a zombie on a sugar plantation, along with other unfortunate souls who had been zombified by the same Bakur. He had no will of his own, no memory of his past, no hope for his future. He only obeyed the commands of his master, who whipped him with a sizzle cord whenever he was displeased. He didn't know why he had been zombified, or who had paid the Bakur. But he later learned that his brother had coveted his land and wanted him out of the way. One day, the Bakur died after another zombie attacked him with a hoe, and the spell that bound the zombies was broken. Clavius and the other zombies regained their free will as they were no longer being fed hallucinogenics and fled from the plantation. They wandered the country, hiding from the authorities and the public who feared and hated them. They were outcasts, shunned by the living. Clavius could not return to his family. His letters had gone unanswered. Those that fled couldn't find a place in society which viewed them as monsters and abominations. Clavius roamed the country for 18 years, living in the shadows and avoided his brother. He heard stories about himself, how he had risen from the grave, haunted his village and he became a legend. He didn't know if anyone would recognise him or believe him if he ever went back. He didn't know if he wanted to go back. But one day he did, after his brother had died. He arrived at the village of Lester, where his sister lived. He approached her and told her his name. He told her his childhood nickname that only she and their parents knew. He told her his story of how he died and how he became a zombie. He showed her his scars and proved to her that he was her brother who had gone missing for 19 years. Two researchers, Dr. Klein and Dr. Duyon, who had both set up the Mars Klein Institute, became interested in this case in 1982. They understood that digging up the grave of Clavius would not reveal much as the person who claimed to be him could have taken the body himself if he was lying. Likewise, if he had really been a zombie, those who did it could have switched the body with another, which could have been impossible to identify by then. The two researchers and Clavius's family devised a set of questions about his personal family history, which the man who said he was Clavius got right. There was no apparent reason for him to lie in this case as Haitian zombies are shunned by society. Dr. Duyon was persuaded that the man really was Clavius, based on his answers and the evidence of his relatives, neighbours and doctors. Thoughts on zombies? Zombies? Zombies. Zombies. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I've always liked the like, idea of zombies and that, in it. I always... Because... 2024 now, and it people are saying that oh yeah, there's that new like 
dare disease and that in it. I'm just gassed because I want I want it to break out to like a zombie apocalypse. Right. So I can just because it's just fun in it. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. <laughs> Do you know what that reminds me of? There was a meme when um, COVID came out and it mm. said I was expecting a zombie. Yeah. You know, um, disappointment basically. Yeah. So I get you. In reality, we wouldn't want it. Mm. You know, I think just... I've got, I'm always ready. I know. And I've always I been because I I was on the phone to Nan one time, innit? A few years ago, just like talking and, and then I ended up talking like 20 minutes straight on how to survive an apocalypse. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, we've been, we briefly discussed the similar things um, yesterday actually and decided what arsenal we've got. So we've got like a bow and arrow. And we've got your slingshot and um, what things did I say I'd have? I can't remember, probably the rolling pin. <laughs> but, you know, you got to reserve it in the back of your mind. Yeah. I think some people's are really quite comprehensive, their zombie apocalypse sort of plans. Yeah. You know? I'm always ready. Always ready. I can't ready. wait. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to, I'd, feel, I'd be gassed. Because if you're angry as well, wouldn't it? You want to take off a little bit of steam. Let off a bit of steam. Yeah. yeah. I'd probably keep one in a cage in the garden or something. Oh, nice. Like, let's have a tuffle then. Let's have a, <laughs> let's have it out. <laughs> what, um, fast or slow? Yeah. What, fast or slow zombies? Uh, well, obviously I'd prefer they slow, wouldn't it? Mm. But if they were fast, I, I don't care. I'd still get them. Yeah, well, well I wouldn't, or would I'd I? Out, yeah, but that's the thing. I'd build, I'd find a massive mansion in it and, mm. but, and keep all of our family in it and friends and all that mm. in it. Electric fence it. And, yeah. yeah. And I'd stand on the top of it with a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. i got plans, mate. i got plans. Yeah. <laughs> right, are you ready for the first scary story? Yes, I am. This happened a few years ago when I volunteered for a humanitarian organisation in Haiti. I was assigned to a small village in the countryside to help with the medical and educational needs of the locals. It was a rewarding but challenging experience, as the village was impoverished and isolated and had suffered a lot from the earthquake and the cholera outbreak. One night, I was walking back to my tent after a long day of work when I heard a strange noise from the nearby cemetery. It sounded like a low moan mixed with a scraping sound. I was curious and worried, so I decided to check it out. I grabbed a flashlight and headed towards the source of the noise. I saw a figure moving among the graves as I approached the cemetery. It was a woman wearing a dirty white dress She dug the ground with her bare hands as if looking for something. She didn't seem to notice me or care about me. She just kept digging and moaning and scraping. I was frozen in fear as I realised that she was a zombie. I'd heard about the stories of zombies in Haiti, how some people were poisoned and buried alive by voodoo sorcerers who then resurrected them and enslaved them with magic. I'd never believed in them until I saw one with my very own eyes. I wanted to run away, but I also felt a surge of pity and compassion for her. She looked so miserable and lost that 
like a tortured soul trapped in a decaying body. I wondered who she was and what had happened to her and why she was digging the ground. Maybe she was looking for her grave or for her family. I decided to talk to her to see if I could help her in any way. I took a step forward and called out to her. Hey, are you okay? Do you need help? She stopped digging and slowly turned her head towards me, revealing her face. It was the most horrifying thing I'd ever seen. Her skin was pale and rotten. Her eyes were sunken and bloodshot. And her mouth was twisted and full of maggots. She stared at me with a blank expression and then opened her mouth. She didn't speak or moan or scrape. She screamed. She screamed so loud that it pierced my ears and woke up the whole village, alerting the dogs. I dropped my flashlight and ran for my life. I locked myself back in my tent and heard footsteps behind me, a scream echoing in the night. I listened to the villagers coming out of their houses and the dogs barking. I didn't know what happened next or how they dealt with her. I'm not sure if they killed her, captured her or let her go. I didn't know anything because I never left my tent until the day a helicopter came and took me away. I never went back to Haiti and I never wanted to. I still have nightmares about that night, that woman and that scream. I wonder if she really was a zombie or if she was just sick and desperate and needed help, not hate. But I guess I'll never know. I felt quite sorry for her. Yeah. I wonder what she was doing. God knows. You know, she could have been looking for a baby or her mum or I guess we'll never know. Anybody. Yeah. But I suppose if she's in that sort of zombified state. You don't really know what you're doing. Mm. I mean, I imagine that you would just be act, reacting on like old memories. So coming back to you, going back to your village because you kind of remember it. Wonder if you get moments of lucidity when you're a zombie, like remembering your old life. I don't reckon they got no brains, do they? <laughs> <laughs> right, are you ready for our second and final story? Yes, I am. I used to reside near a notorious forest with a reputation for being haunted. It was called Black Forest, a very eerie and gloomy place. The name suited it well because it was so dark that you could barely see anything. One night I had a terrifying encounter in that forest, making me swear never to go near it again. It was a weekend night and some of my friends invited me to hang out with them. I had no other plans, so I accepted. It was already dark when I left, around eight or nine, and I had two options to get to my friend's house. Take a shortcut through the Black Forest or go around it and add 20 minutes to my journey. I usually avoided the forest because the roads were tricky and there was no light. But that night, I decided to take the shortcut. The drive to my friend's house was uneventful, but the darkness made me uneasy. I stayed at my friend's house until midnight or maybe 1am. Then it was time to head back home. 
and that's when it happened. I was driving and checking my GPS frequently because the roads are confusing. Some looked like roads but were driveways for some of the houses. I wanted to avoid ending up on someone's property so I kept an eye on my GPS. I was driving and stopped at a red light under a faint street light. It was still pitch black and I was the only car on the road. While watching the GPS, I felt someone was watching me. I turned to look at my passenger side door and saw something horrifying. There was a glowing, zombie-like man wearing what looked like tattered clothes. He looked dead. His skin was peeling off. He was very pale and he was staring right at me. I felt a surge of fear and my heart was pounding. I didn't care that the light was red. I stepped on the gas. But I wanted to make sure that what I saw was real. And as I crossed the median, I looked back. There was nothing there and no place for him to hide. Freaked out, I drove home, hoping to avoid any more red lights. This happened before the big forest fire. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So what was that zombie doing there? Yeah, God knows. Do you know what I think and why it vanished? I don't know, maybe because I beat it with a stick. What, you? (laughs) No, I think it was somebody's experiment and it got out. Yeah. And perhaps they came along and whipped it back again. Yeah, or he just walked away. Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Could have, I guess. Yeah. If that, like, stuff were to happen to me in it, I never think the bad stuff would just be like, oh, he's just just gone for a walk, hasn't he? He's gone. (laughs) I'm not worried. If as long as he doesn't bother me, it's normal. Mm, I think it. Uh, hopefully, it was just a slow one, and yeah. Uh, yeah, wouldn't have been able to catch up with them anyway. You know, I keep saying, you know, I've got to stop saying. You've got to stop saying in it and uh, <sighs> like. <laughs> I can't help saying that. That's that's a Bristolian thing, isn't it? I know. It saying is. like man. It? <laughs> <laughs> but then I got to cut them all out. <laughs> Sometimes there's loads in there. <laughs> Well, that's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed and we'll catch up with you again soon. We will do. Next, on the extra episode this week, I'm going to do voodoo dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Voodoo dolls. Voodoo dolls. And that, them, they're the things, innit? If, like, you don't like someone, you get a voodoo doll of them and you stab it with a needle and that. Stick pins in it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, everyone. 
Goodbye.